This is Ham College, Episode 58, for October 31st, 2019. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. Wish it, wrap it, gift it. Step up your gift-giving game this year and get your favorite ham, the transceiver, at the top of their list. And by hamstudy.org, a great place to study for your next amateur exam. Good evening and welcome to another action-packed episode of Ham College. I'm Professor Thomas. And I'm Dean Martin. And it's good to be back again, class. Everyone needs to be preparing now because we're almost to the end of the semester. We are, but we brought in a new textbook. Oh, we're rewriting the textbook. Well, yeah. Well, actually, Gordo did, but... Um, left a hole in it. Boy, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Didn't want you to know what frequency he's on. Maybe. Anyway, um, we had finished last month with all the general questions that that pool expired in 2019. And a new pool began. Yep. And this is, this is it. And there are more changes in there than I thought there were. Yeah, like, normally there are just a few. Well, kind of a handful. I went through where uh, people had explored the differences between the the uh, just past general question pool and the one that's just coming into effect. And there were some in there. The changes were so minor that we're we're not going to cover them. But after I purged out the ones like that, and, and it was stuff. A lot of it was like. Every question where one of the answers was, all of these choices are correct, now it just says, all these choices are correct. There oh, were a wow. lot of lot of questions like that. So, you know, there's no need to go over that again. And Just a little bit of verbiage change on those. Yeah. And there were some that, uh, there were some minor punctuation changes in there. There were some minor capitalization changes, and I don't remember... One right off, but it was where, like, a word previously may have been capitalized. They took it off for some reason. It didn't really change anything about the question or the answer. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to cover those. Uh, Luckily, when you <clears throat> when you take your test, capitalization doesn't count. No. No, it doesn't. Uh, there were some that they changed a couple of the wrong answers. Oh yeah, but the right answer was still the right still answer. Right. So we're not going to cover those. Well, good because just you know, it, there got, was very few of them. We got enough to go over. Also, and you know, I wouldn't think there was anybody there that memorized the questions and whether it was A, B, C, or D. But just in case. Some of them, they reshuffled the alphabetical order of the answers. Mm-hmm. Not many, but there were a few like that. That would probably not be a good technique to learn to, yep. to pass your test. And a number of them, they changed the number of the question. In other words, it appears in a, with a different number inside of the question pool. Like there might be one like was a G1A03. Now it might be G1AO4 or something oh. like that. You know, just, okay. and, and that really wouldn't matter because you're not memorizing the number of the question. And, you know, it's not on the exam anyway. But if you are, that's a pretty impressive feat. Well, it is, but it's a waste of it's a way, good, waste brain of good brain cells. Yeah. Exactly. So, with that, 
after I pulled all those out that just really weren't worth covering mm -hmm. because the changes were so minor, we've got still enough questions. Some of them are, are brand new questions. Some of them are just small changes to them or maybe a small change to the answer. Uh, but there are enough that it's going to take us October, November, and December episodes to cover them. Yeah. That means we won't begin studying for the extra until January. But that's a good time to kick off a whole new It is. A whole, whole new, new series. Class. Which of the following may apply in areas under FCC jurisdiction outside of ITU Region 2? A. Station identification may have to be in a language other than English. B. Morse code may not be permitted. C. Digital transmissions may not be permitted. Or D. Frequency allocations may differ. What do you think? Which of the following may apply in areas under FCC jurisdiction outside of Region 2. So outside of Region 2, no, that was station identification. No, it's not going to be the station identification would be different. Morse code, I don't think that that wouldn't be different either. I'm pretty sure digital transmissions are okay in the other regions. But the frequency allocations may be may be different from region to region. Um, but by what fre what uh, frequencies you can use for what modes on what bands and so forth. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's probably going to be D. Frequency allocations may differ. Well, you're in pretty good company on that. That's what everyone in the chat room is saying. So let's find out. Frequency allocations may differ. That was a pretty easy one. Yep, that was. At least I thought it was. And Yeah. We'll see how the rest of them pan out. Yeah, some of them going to be a little tougher. Yeah, that's what I figure. Which of the following transmissions is permitted? A, unidentified transmissions for test purposes only. B, retransmission of other amateur station signals by any amateur station. C, occasional retransmission of weather and propagation forecast information from U.S. government stations. D, coded messages of any kind if not intended to facilitate a criminal act, which are permitted. Well, I know um, D is not permitted. You, you, they don't want you doing coded messages. They don't mean CW. No, Morse I mean code. like encrypted where yeah. it can't be openly. Um, I know it's not A. They don't want you to go unidentified, for even if it's for test purposes. B, retransmission of other amateur station signals by any amateur station. Uh, if I look at C, occasional retransmission of weather and propagation forecast information from U.S. government stations. That's the one that most likely sounds like the answer to me. I say C. Ooh. We're not getting... Ooh, there's uh, a lot of bees. There are a lot of bees in there. And I almost would say B. It's either B or C for sure. So we're both saying C. Well, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'll go with C. Yeah, I'm going with C. Yeah, I think I will, too. Now that I see the yellow up there. That was that was kind of tricky there. Retransmission of other amateur station signals by any amateur station. By Which any. of the following transmissions is permitted? You know, because you hear folks record other people and play them back on the air. Uh-huh. And that's that's pretty tricky right there. Uh, yeah, it is. Well, obviously the answer is C, Charlie. Yeah. So. Okay, a retransmission of the weather. 
I I honestly didn't know that that was. I didn't know. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I figured it was going to be B or C, but I was probably guessed it one or the other. Yep. Okay. Well, let me see if I can pull out a tough one for you here. Oh, did I get one of these? Oh yeah, you sure did. Yeah. You earned that one. Which of the following one-way transmissions are permitted? A. Unidentified test transmissions of less than one minute in duration. B. Transmissions necessary to assist learning the international Morse code. C. Regular transmissions offering equipment for sale if intended for amateur radio use. Or D. All of these choices are correct. Unidentified test transmissions. So, okay, so it's not going to be unidentified because that's really not permitted. So that means that's going to rule out A and D because all these choices are not correct because A is not correct. B, transmissions necessary to assist learning the International Morse Code. I can see where that would be plausible. Regular transmissions... Offering equipment for sale. I don't think you're supposed to sell even amateur equipment. So I think it's going to be B because it's for it's for educational experimentation stuff like that. So transmissions necessary to assist learning international Morse code. I think it, the answer is going to be B. Bravo. Um, I'm going to agree with you. There's a little mix over in the chat room. Well, actually, most everybody's saying B. There you go. Transmissions necessary to assist learning the international Morse code. Yeah. Oh, we're going to look at the book of Gordo? Well, if I can find it, and it's probably the index probably won't tell me what page it's on. I wanted to see if Gordo would expound a little bit on that, and I'm sure he did. Oh, yeah. oh wait a minute. Let's see. This is going to be, uh, what was the question number on this? G1B05. G1B05. Yeah, that's not really going to help me much here. If you can look at the index back there, they're listed by the number. You think? Yeah, I know they are. Well, actually, I think it's where you just went right there. Oh, okay. Gordo has a special index in the back of his book that's invisible to the naked eye. Well, no, there it is. Or the camera. Or the camera. And he tells you what page he covers which question. So it was G1B05. Zero five. G1B05 is on page 38. So if you're following at home with your text, turn to page 38 of the new question pool, which is the current question pool. And, of course, Gordo said, he said the answer was B, but here's what he said about it. The Federal Communications Commission has provided well-defined differences between commercial and amateur frequency usage. Broadcasting in one activity, that is, with a few exceptions, confined to the commercial radio world. One notable exception to this rule is permitting of transmissions necessary to assist learning the International Morse Code most notably by uh, ARRL flagship station W1AW. The question doesn't say broadcasting, although, well, one-way transmission is broadcasting. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I was questioning about, uh, you know, offering equipment for sale if intended for amateur radio use. You... There are nets. There's a Texas Trader net that that's what they do on there. 
is you know people announce what gear they've got they're they're trying to sell ham radio gear yeah, but it's not regular it transmission. The they're not just like blindly. Right, it's a two way. One way. It's two way. It's not one way, uh, which would be right. broadcasting. And so, John on here says he wasn't aware. That wasn't aware that transmission was necessary to learn the code, and it's not. It's just that's one option that you could hmm. that you could do, I guess. He caught caught some tricky wording there. Uh huh. I think well, the key here is for one-way transmissions, which typically are frowned upon. Right. It's, that's that's exactly. broadcasting, not communicating. Yeah. There, there's another occasion where you can do one-way transmissions, Just which beacons. would be bulletins, something yeah. of that nature. But that wasn't one of your choices here. Under what conditions are state and local governments permitted to regulate amateur radio antenna structures? A. Under no circumstances, FCC rules take priority. B. At any time and to any extent necessary to accomplish a legitimate purpose of the state or local entity, provided that proper filings are made with the FCC. C, only when structures exceed 50 feet in height and are clearly visible 1,000 feet from the structure. D, amateur service communications must be reasonably accommodated and regulations must constitute the minimum practicable to accommodate a legitimate purpose of the state or local entity. The minimum practical. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Under what conditions are state and local governments permitted to regulate amateur radio antenna structures? Well, I wish the answer were A, although I don't think that's the right answer. No, it's not, unfortunately. So it is D. You want one of those? Yeah. Uh, although I knew that one because yeah. I want to say it's come up before. So, yep. Well, I got one for you. On what HF frequencies are automatically Ooh. controlled beacons permitted? On any frequency if power is less than one watt? On any frequency if transmissions are in Morse code? C, 21. 0.08 megahertz to 21.09 megahertz. I'm glad you got this one. I'm not. Or D, 28.2 megahertz to 28.3 megahertz. On what HF frequencies are automatically controlled beacons permitted? And I should know this. But I'm not going to lie to you, I don't. I don't know it off the top of my head, so I'm going to try to work my way through it here. On a frequency, if power is less than any frequency, that's, that's not going to be A, and it's not going to be B, so on any frequency, uh, I don't think that's going to be the answer. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be C or D. 21. I want to say it's going to be the D, 28.2 to 28.3 megahertz. You want to say that, but is yeah, that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. But I'm, I, don't, I honestly don't know the answer for sure. That's my guess. 21.08 to 09, that's... Uh, I don't think that's right. I'm going to agree with you. I think it's D as well. I don't think I've seen anything that's down to the 0.08 megahertz. That's pretty narrow range there. It is. 28.2 to 28.3 megahertz. Um, most everyone guessed D in the chat room, so... Or maybe they weren't guessing. Maybe they actually knew. 
possible. And I'm going to say, um, of the choices they got, you know, the first two, A and B, because it says on any frequency, that'll rule those out right away. Right. That's, that's scratch those off the list right off the top of the bat. So then you're down to the really hard choices. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I looked at C was so narrow. Yeah. Like, I just don't think that would have been the answer. Yeah. Um, and I looked at it that D is in the 10-meter band, mm-hmm. where we know there's, you know, there's a lot of different, that's a lot of room on 10 meters. And so there can be a lot of different modes practiced there. The frequency allocations of which ITU region apply to radio amateurs operating in North and South America? A, Region 4. B, Region 3. C, Region 2. Or D, Region 1. We kind of already touched this earlier. The frequency allocations in which ITU region apply to radio amateurs operating in North and South America? Well, it depends on which region of the world you're in. We've looked at this before, so I know we have covered this topic. Oh, yeah, definitely have. We're in Region 2 here, so it's got to be C. Got to be. How would you know that? Well, you you just have, have to, to know it. Memorize it. Yep. In what part of the 13-centimeter band may an amateur station communicate with non-licensed Wi-Fi equipment? A, anywhere in the band. B, channels 1 through 4. C, channels 42 through 45. Or D, no part. And what part of the 13-centimeter band? That's that's way up there. Mm-hmm. That's like over 2 gigs, I think. 2.4 gig area. May an amateur station communicate with non-licensed Wi-Fi stations. Non-licensed Wi-Fi. It's not anywhere in the band. I'm sure that's going to be it. Channels 1 through 4. I think it's going to be D, no parts at all, with non-licensed Wi-Fi. That sounds like a pretty good choice, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Using amateur radio No, that's going to be D, no parts. Okay. Well, let's see. That's it's just what I think it is. Yeah. We'll see. Well, we got some various things here. Yeah, there's some... Most people are saying it's D, but uh, not everybody. There's a little dissension there. D, no part. Yep, so don't talk to your Wi-Fi router with your ham radio gear. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the, and I noticed someone mentioned in there the A-R-E-D-N, Arden, I think that's how you pronounce it, modified routers. It's a 2.4 gigahertz router. Which, you know, we can use those. We can yeah. modify those. So I'm not sure. But with non-licensed Wi-Fi stations. Oh, not wa- non-licensed. Well, non-licensed. if we had Wi-Fi gear, it would be licensed. Yeah. Because we're licensed. Yeah, but you can't use it to talk to, to your something wife that's or right, the, right. on the Wi-Fi at home using your ham radio gear. Right, unless she had a ticket like yours. Yeah. So that's how, that's how I've interpreted yeah. it. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. <laughs> what is the maximum PEP output allowed Wait. for? What is the maximum PEP <laughs> output allowed for spread spectrum transmissions? A, 100 milliwatts. I notice you jumped right on that. Yep. <laughs> B, 10 watts. Uh, C, 100 watts. Or D, 1,500 watts. What is the maximum PEP output 
allowed for spread spectrum transmissions. Well, I know as amateurs, we can use up to 1500 watts PEP on a lot of bands. Yeah, that's true. Not all of them, though. No, not all of them. And not using, probably not using that much bandwidth. Yep. And 100 watts spread spectrum, that seems like a little much to me as well. Uh huh. So I'm going to say it's either 100 milliwatts or 10 watts. That's going to be our choices there. Yep. 100 milliwatts is not very much. It's really not. So, based on that scientific conclusion, (laughs) I'm just going to take a stab at it and say it's B. And the chat room? That would would be my guess, too, although, again, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, they're stabbing all over the place, too, aren't they? So, uh, we'll just see. It is. Boy, I got lucky on that one. 100 milliwatts is like next to nothing. Well, you, you, if you did that, it'd be like very short range, like across the yard. Yeah, it'd, it'd be pretty short. Pretty short. Okay. Well, I think it's about time we took a break and took a yeah. breath that was that was kind of yeah I tough need to go lay down for a minute i'm tired now we'll be back in just a moment because we've got more questions to go tonight so don't go away wish it wrap it gift it step up your gift giving game this year and get your favorite ham the transceiver at the top of their list icom offers a variety of high performance and innovative products make the most of this holiday season with one of these icom rigs today Tis the season to give your favorite ham the SDR they really want, the IC7610. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals, even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The IC7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of a SDR radio. RF Direct Sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receivers, and dual digicell. Ham for the holidays. The IC7300 is changing the way entry-level HF is designed. This high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. The transceiver at the top of every ham's wish list this holiday season is the IC9700. Keep your competitive contesting edge with faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. ICOM's IC9700 is the pinnacle of perfection. 4.3-inch color touchscreen TFT LCD, dual watch operation, and full duplex operation in satellite mode. Real-time high-speed spectrum scope and waterfall display. SD memory card slot for voice recording and playback. Support for CW, AM, FM, single sideband, RIDI, and D-Star DV and DD modes. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on all these great ICOM radios. Thanks to ICOM for sponsoring the show. Yep. And uh, just for that, we're going to give away one of your hats and a shirt. <laughs> and your shirt. We're going to give away the shirt on your back. <laughs> yep. Oh, so well. uh, anyway, Thanks. it's about that time. If you put your entry in for this month's giveaway for the ICOM swag, the Ham Crew t-shirt, and the ICOM Ball cap. Oh, you, time for the winner. You mean you? the way you enter is by sending an email to hamcollegeofamateurlogic.tv? Well, well, now that you mentioned that, uh, but I hadn't got around to that part yet. But, yeah, that's exactly how you would do it. Okay. So, anyway, see, we got a bunch of entries in there. So, if you're the one, let's roll the dice. And the magic dice says... Uh, <laughs> The winner is Les Parker. Uh, hello, George and Tom. 
Well, I think he means professor and Dino. Yeah, I'm sure that's what he uh, meant. I really like watching your amateur logic show. I enjoy trying to answer the exam questions. It keeps my brain operating. I wish it did ours. I, I haven't had my license since 1976 and still trying to keep up to date with the latest technology, which changes all the time. I'd like to enter the contest for the ICOM shirt and cap for October 2019th. And, uh, yeah, it was a good time to enter, Les, uh, VK4SO. You're this month's winner. Yeah, congratulations, Les. Yep. Uh, You'll be hearing from ICOM very soon, and uh, they'll get that out to you right away. Yep. Jesse, we'll be getting in touch with you and getting your size and your address and pertinent information it'll be coming your yeah. way so if you didn't win and you still want to try you're you're welcome to enter for next month the q emails gets deleted right after he saves that one and so you just need to enter again so send your email address to ham college at amateurlogic.tv or send your email to ham college at amateurlogic.tv and all you need is a name that's any way you'll be entered for next month's drawing. You do need a name. You need a name. And you need an email address. And Yeah, and hopefully you wear shirts and occasionally caps. Under what circumstances are messages sent via digital modes exempt from Part 97 third-party rules that apply to other modes of communication? A, under no circumstances. B, when messages are encrypted. C, when messages are not encrypted. Or D, when under automatic control. I'm going to need to read that again. Under what circumstances are messages that are sent via digital modes exempt from Part 97 third-party rules that apply to other modes? I'm going to lean on it being A. Or B, when messages are encrypted. We're not supposed to encrypt it. As amateur operators, we're not supposed to send encrypted messages that can't be clearly read or listened to. Messages are not encrypted, and that's when under automatic. I think the answer is going to be A. That's what you know. People are saying over in the chat room, it is A. Okay. So it's just like. Uh, just like everything else in the third-party rules apply. Yeah, then that makes sense. Yep. The Part 97 rule, that's that's what governs basically the amateur radio mm-hmm. stuff. So, On what bands may automatically control stations transmitting RIDI or RTTY or data emissions communicate with other automatically controlled digital stations? Should have an S on the end of that. That's one of the things I was talking about earlier. A, on any band segment where digital operation is permitted. B, anywhere in the non-phone segment of the 10 meter or shorter wavelength bands. C, only in the non-phone extra class segments of the bands. D, anywhere in the 6 meter or shorter wavelength band and in limited segments of some of the HF bands. This one's quite wordy. Yeah. On, on what bands may, may automatically control stations transmitting radio or data emissions communicate with other automatically controlled digital stations? Um, Kind of like... Uh, the old packet messages. That's what's stuff. coming to mind for me because, um, you know, those different nodes are communicating with each other automatically. Mm-hmm. Passing messages. So anywhere in the six meter band or shorter wavelength band and in limited segments of some HF bands, that sounds. Uh, that maybe that's possible. C. Only in non-phone extra-class segments of the bands. No, uh, I'm pretty sure that's not it. Uh, anywhere in the non-phone segments of the 10-meter or shorter wavelength bands. Hmm. 
that sounds kind of possible too, as as well as A. I don't know. I I'm going to take a stab at it. I'm going to say A. But what do you think? Yeah, I think it's A too, because that's kind of the more broad. The others are specific, which some of like some of them seem right. Yeah. But I think A seems more right. If that makes any sense. A. You know what I'm saying, yeah. A? Yeah, I do, A. <laughs> um, that was for you, Mike. Yeah, that's that's for Jocelyn, too. And Jocelyn. Yeah. And uh, also for Les. The people who are saying are saying A in the chat room, most of them. Whoa. Whoa. We were all wrong. I'm going to have to double check that. I'm not believing that. Well, let's see. It's D. Anywhere in the six meter shorter wavelength bands and in limited segments of some of the HF. So, six meter or shorter wavelength. Yeah, so that's going to be like. Two meters, seven centimeters packet message. That's wow. Okay. G one E eleven. I picked A. I mean D. <laughs> Let's see what Gordo says about that. Being I'm only checking because all of us got it wrong. And we know Gordo didn't get it wrong. And this is uh of course our textbook for the class here. It's now the 2019 through 2023 version of uh, the general class study guide from Gordon West, our friend Gordo, WB6NOA. Yep. That is at W5YI.org. Yeah. Notice how I slipped that in there, too. Yeah. Page 70. They actually got more books than just uh, than just the study guide. Oh, Yeah. They do. We're going to talk about some of them in Amateur Logic coming up soon. There's some there I did not know that they were the publishers of. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Uh, Gordo says, in most cases, a control operator must be physically present at one end of any radio circuit or link. And I believe that, you know. Uh, in other words, normally automatically control relay stations can't talk to one another directly. As uh, the exceptions to this are in the six meter and shorter wavelength bands, as well as a few specially designated slots on some of the HF bands. In all other cases, however, they must be a control operator at some point in the total radio link. Interesting. That's good explaining there. Straight from the man himself. Yep. What is a recommended way to break into a phone contact? A, say QRZ several times followed by your call sign. (laughs) B, say your call sign once. C, say breaker, breaker. Or D, say CQ followed by the call sign of either station. Um... Don't say, don't do C. Breaker, breaker. No, don't do that. No, if you do, you get some ugly looks. And if there's already contact going on, don't say CQ with the call sign of anybody. Um, QRZ several times means who's who's calling, so don't do that one. It's going to be say your B, say your call sign once. That identifies that you're there. And more times than not, somebody will, will recognize it and, and allow you to have the next turn to speak. Yep. Um, just about everyone is saying B. I'm going to agree with you. Okay. Now that we got that out of the way. All right. Well, then, how about this? Why do most amateur stations use lower sideband on the 160-meter, 75-meter, and 40-meter bands? A, 
Lower side band is more efficient than upper side band at these frequencies? B. Lower side band is the only side band legal on these frequency bands. C. Because it's fully compatible with an AM detector. Or D. It is good amateur practice. This one, I remember this one. This is not too different, I think, than the previous version. Yeah. Why do most amateur stations use lower sideband on 160, 75, and 40 meter bands? And they do. That That's correct. Mm -hmm. Every, all the uh, frequencies higher than that would go to upper sideband on. Lower sideband is more efficient than upper sideband at these frequencies. No, it's not. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, lower sideband is the only sideband legal in these frequency bands. That's not correct either. Uh, C, because it is fully compatible with an AM detector. And no, it's not fully compatible with an AM detector. Uh, so that only leaves me with the only possible answer there is D. It is good amateur practice. Mm -hmm. I remember that. We covered that before. Yep. And, yeah, that, that is what everybody's saying. It's D. So, let's see. We were all right that time. That makes up for when we were all wrong. That cancels ago. out the other one? Well, not exactly, but it helps. <laughs> it helps bring um, our score back up a little bit. There is actually, I shouldn't say it. But I'm, now that's, that's never stopped me before. Never has, but that's okay. Now, this is not, you can't use this as one of your answers here. But there is actually a reason that we use lower sideband there and upper sideband in the other part of the bands. And it goes back to the original rigs that did single sideband. It was easier hardware-wise for them, to, um, depending on the frequencies they were on. In this part of the band, it was easier for them to come up with uh, the multiples of the frequency that made it possible to do lower sideband. Hmm. And so that's, at least that's what I've heard. Generally, who should respond to a station in the contiguous 48 states who calls CQDX? A, any caller is welcome to respond. B, only stations in Germany. C, any stations outside the lower 48 states. Or D, only contest stations. Okay. When you call CQDX, you're looking for somebody out basically in another country or far off. So, any caller welcome to respond. You really, it's, I mean, you could, but that's not what the caller's intentions are. Uh, are it the examiner's say, intention. Yeah, it doesn't say any, only for Germany either. Um, any stations outside the lower 48 states and only contest stations. It's going to be C, any stations outside of the lower 48. So... Um, Hawaii and Alaska would be considered DX as well as pretty much any other country yeah. would be. DX means distance. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, that Alaska and Hawaii would be kind of distant from us. Where folks here in the, in the lower 48, eh, not so much. I, I'll agree with you. Any station outside the lower 48 states? Yeah, I've, I've, I've actually heard several times where uh, people in the lower 48 answered somebody that, and then they kind of explained to them, you know, what they were looking for. Yeah. There there was some mixtures on the answers there in the chat room, because that is a little... It's a common misconception or yeah. whatever you want to call so it. So what is... So we know DX means distant. What does CQ mean, roughly? CQ means that I'm... Looking to talk to somebody. Yeah. Here, I, here I am. You might want to talk. So I'm looking so to talk to somebody. If you leave the DX distant. off of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
you leave this DX off of it, then they're just looking for somebody to talk to. It doesn't matter where you are. Yep. And so you should break in and say CQ three times followed by somebody's call sign. Or breaker, breaker. Yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> okay. We got through that segment of questions a little quicker than we did the last ones. Oh, was that the last of them? No. We got more to go, but that means we get to take another breather. But wait, there's more. Yeah, because it might get a little bit harder. I don't doubt that. They might not, but they but the, could. But they likely could. They, yeah. There's a possibility. We'll go with that. Okay. We'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> When you reach the point you just can't face another burger, have a Nada Burger at your Wiener Schnitzel. A chili cheese Nada Burger, holy Nada Burger, super Nada Burger. We give you lots of tasty ways to escape the burger. At the Wiener Schnitzel. Are you new to the ham world or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level? Study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org. Hamstudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by ICOM. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, Michael Stuffelbeam, KV9G, and Rich Porter, KK6GKE, and it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, hamstudy.org has helped new and existing hams to familiarize themselves with the question pools, use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn, and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org, powered by ICOM, for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam. What about one of these? Oh, you mean a MFJ1234 rig pie station server? I think that would make a great giveaway. I bet you somebody would love to have that. I bet some amateur would love to have that, too. Absolutely. Because I love mine. Pretty nice little device. It is. What can you do with it? Well, you can hook it up to your rig and control your rig if you're away from home. Um, listen to the audio, talk on your radio from remote using your mm-hmm. cell phone, a tablet. Uh, I think you can even use your computer browser. Hmm. TV slash contest. And on there, we will post the rules, regulations, and how you enter, which it's essentially the same as the the last contest we did. We just want your uh, your name and your call sign because you do need to be a U.S. or Canadian ham to win this. Mm-hmm. And just you know, a few little details. We don't harvest the emails there. We're just looking to give away one of these thanks to our friends at MFJ yeah, who are pretty, making it possible. Pretty nice little prize to win. It really is a pretty sweet device. I, I did hook mine up on the last Amateur Logic show. And, mm-hmm. um, I hooked it up to the ICOM rig. It was so easy. One cable, the mm-hmm. thing was hooked up. Well, next, other than the power. And we were talking about it earlier. You said that uh, you plan on leaving it on when you leave the house. Yeah, I, I did this, this last week. But, uh, yeah, this week I'm planning on leaving it on and... Uh, I may take a little bit of video of using it if I get a chance. And you'll be calling Breaker Breaker? Or, yeah, or QRZ. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't be doing that. Well. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty easy to set up. Pretty sweet little device. Um, there's actually uh, a whole Raspberry Pi image in here that's got other digital modes as well. It does, yeah. And the audio device, it's the interface that's built in there, and the keyer works with all those other modes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, basically three boards, the Raspberry Pi, uh, the audio board, and then the keyer board. Mm-hmm. So, And you don't 
if you're buying one of these, you don't have to buy all three boards. No, you but can, you're not going to be buying this one, though. This is going to no, be this one's going. Well, no, that one's going to be mine. But we're going to give away one just <laughs> like it that does like have, that's fully populated with all the boards. So, um, yeah, thanks MFJ and Howard Nurse for making that possible. Yeah, he's the one that wrote uh, a lot of the software, put all the pieces together. Yeah. Everything. So, anyway, great little box. Sure is. Amateurlogic.tv slash contest. You can learn more about it right there. And why wouldn't you want to enter? It's free. Yep. And it's easy. Yep. You know, speaking of T-shirts. Well, that's a pretty smooth segue right there. I thought so. <laughs> if you needed a T-shirt and you'd say... You didn't want it to be a, a Hawkins Middle School shirt, or you didn't want it to be a, a Go Engineering shirt. Maybe you were in the school of poetry or something. Yeah. Or or maybe you want to support Hamp College. Where could you we find such apparel? We appreciate that, too. Yeah. You can go to so amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com, and uh, we've got Ham College swag and Amateur Logic swag on there. We've got... Uh, I recently added a bunch of new products. We've got coffee yeah. cups, similar, very similar to the nice one that you've got in your hand right there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had requests for Ham College VE shirts, so we've got some of those out there. We've got some uh, backpacks if you want to take your books when you go to Ham College. Mm-hmm. Put your books, your computer right in there and take off. Wow. Uh, a lot of cool stuff out there, so go check it out. Amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com. And we got a few more questions to go tonight. So we might as well get right to them. I Once again. Right back to them? I don't remember who asked the last one. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I don't either. Actually, I th- yeah. think I asked it. I think. So you right. read the next one. What is good amateur practice if propagation changes during a contact and you notice interference from other stations on the frequency? Is it A, tell the interfering stations to change frequency? B, report the interference to your local amateur auxiliary coordinator. C, attempt to resolve the interference problems with the other station in a mutually acceptable manner. Or D, increase power to overcome interferences. Well, tell the interference station to change frequency. That's probably not the most courteous thing. We just, just report the interference to your local amateur auxiliary coordinator. That's not really the answer either. Attempt to resolve the interference problem with the other station. In a mutually acceptable manner, that seems like the proper, the gentleman thing to do, the right, the right thing to do, or increase the power to overcome it. That's probably not. That's not the right thing. The answer is going to be C. Yeah. Attempt to resolve the interference problem with the other station in a mutually acceptable manner. Yeah. So somebody would be willing to change frequency. I'm sure. Um, but uh, always be courteous and, and communicate with uh, whoever. It pays off doing such. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's really the only way to to solve the issue, asking someone else to change frequency or increasing your power to overcome the interference. There are people who do that. That's not yeah. the way to handle it. That's, no, it's not. Mm-mm. So there, those folks just uh, would have missed that. Or mm-hmm. they probably know better. But anyway, yeah. this is the correct way to handle it. And everybody in the chat room says so. Then it's right. When selecting an SSB or single sideband transmitting frequency, what minimum separation should be used to minimize interference to stations on adjacent frequencies? A, 5 to 50 hertz. B, 150 to 500 hertz. C, approximately 3 kilohertz. RD, approximately 6 kilohertz. 
when selecting an SSB transmitting frequency, what minimum separation should you use to minimize interference two stations on adjacent frequencies? That means if you hear somebody on a frequency, you need to move off certain distance so you don't interfere with them mm -hmm. five to 50 hertz that's not going to do anything that's not much at all that's going to irritate them really bad uh -huh. <laughs> um, 150 to 500 hertz that's not going to do much better um, you're just going to sound well y yeah moving that amount you're probably going to sound like a girly man <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're still going to be interfering with them pretty bad uh, approximately 3 kilohertz. In most cases, if you moved off 3 kilohertz from whatever frequency they're on, you know, their receiver is probably listening 3 kilohertz wide, maybe a little less. Mm -hmm. um, so if you were off by 3 kilohertz, you should be okay. Approximately 6 kilohertz, while that would even be better, um... You shouldn't then, have to go that far. You shouldn't though. have to go that far. And then if everybody was 6 kilohertz apart, we wouldn't have as much usable spectrum. Mm -hmm. If the band is wide open, though, and there, there's not a lot of traffic on there, um, you know, I would, I'd say make sure you get, you know, fair distance from them. But 3 kilohertz is the, the minimum that you'd want to move. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Okay. Well, we got that one. And everybody else did, too. All right. What is the voluntary band plan restriction for U.S. stations transmitting within the 48 contiguous states in the 50.1 to 50.125 megahertz band segment? Is it A, only contacts with stations not within the 48 contiguous states? B, only contacts with other stations within the 48 contiguous states. C, only digital contacts. Or D, only SSTV or slow scan TV contacts. Okay, i read this one one more time again. What is the voluntary band plan restriction for U.S. stations transmitting within the 48 states in the 50... To 50.125, that's 6 meters, megahertz band segment. Voluntary band plan restrictions for the lower 48, when the 48. That's going to be, I think that's going to be B. Voluntary band plan restrictions. Yeah, that would have to be the same as where you are. The only context with other stations within the 48 Contiguous states, I think. Band plan restrictions. Yeah, so they would be sure, surely under the other same restrictions. So I think it's going to be B, bravo. Okay. It's A. Wow. Not Only within. Contacts with states. Not within the 48. Contiguous Voluntary states. band plan restriction. For U.S. stations transmitting within the 48 contiguous states. And it's... Oh, that must be like the DX window for six meters then. What it actually says here, I looked up the band plan while you were uh, studying on that one there. And the DX window is 50.1 to 50.125. Uh, see, I didn't know that. I'm not a big, too big on the six meter stuff, so... Yep. Uh, it is voluntary, though. So, and and that's what the question said. Who may be the control operator of an amateur station transmitting in races to assist relief operations during a disaster? A, only a person holding an FCC-issued amateur operator license. Okay, B, only a races net control operator. C, a person holding an FCC-issued amateur operator license or an appropriate government official. D, any control operator when normal communication systems are operational. Who may be the control operator? 
of an amateur station transmitting in races to assist relief operations during a disaster. A control operator is a person who is controlling the transmitter. It's not net control. It didn't say that. It's just talking about who's controlling a transmitter. Uh -huh. All right. So, uh, D, any control operator when normal communication systems are operational. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's it because it doesn't say anything about you got to be licensed. Uh, C, a person holding an FCC-issued amateur operator license, I would say that would qualify them, or an appropriate government official, no. no government right. official can't take away your microphone and start talking. Nope. Unless you remain the control operator. B, only a racy's net control operator. No, we're not talking about a net control. We're just talking about a control operator which is, you know, somebody licensed to operate that transmitter. So it's a only a person holding an FCC-issued amateur radio license. That's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I don't think that's right. That's, um, that's most of what they're saying in the chat room. Unfortunately, I didn't think we were going to get a buzzer on that one, but I was really looking forward to it. Well, I know you gave it your best shot. That was interesting. It was a little different than average, but, uh, you know, some of them seemed like we'd already covered the questions before. Mm -hmm. Some of them seemed like, yeah, this is new stuff. Yeah, a couple, so, of, them, a couple of them were little kind of variants of prior ones. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, a couple of things we want to mention on the way out the door here tonight. And that is our social media networks. Where can you catch up with uh, Ham College High Society throughout the month? Well, we're on Facebook.com slash group slash Ham College. Or you can follow us at Ham College on Twitter. And we also have a fairly new groups.io account, groups.io slash G slash Amateur Logic. We didn't make a separate Ham College one there. Yeah. So you could do this all together. Yeah. So that's how you can find out when we'll be shooting the next episode live in case you want to join in the chat room or just watch live. You know, probably uh, generally it seems like uh, half the people who are watching live are not in the chat room, mm -hmm. but the other half are. Yeah. And I, my question would be. Which half? Yeah. There yeah. you go. And that's not just for announcing uh, when we're shooting and things like that. No. So. I mean, there's a great group of people in all of those, in all those social media platforms, and uh, answering questions and just having a good time. So it's a good place to hang out. Yep. And one other thing we'll mention since I updated it a couple of days ago is amateurlogic.tv/wiki. That's where you can get the show notes uh, for each episode that we shoot. And it is currently up to date. As a matter of fact, it has this very episode posted in it before we even did it. It's like you're psychic. It's I got saw a new it software running on it, too. It does. It's been thanks, updated. Everything's all updated. Thanks to our uh, SysOp system administrator. Yeah. We'll have to thank that guy. Webmeister. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that's about all we can say about that. That's probably enough. So when will we be back here again? When when can um, folks come back? Well, we always that, so. shoot uh, right before the end of the month, usually on the Friday before mm -hmm. the end of the month. So I haven't looked at the calendar, but it'll be uh, near the end of November. Mm -hmm. And if you'd like to win this right here, or, uh, well, who wouldn't, but... If you'd like to find out who won it, we can guarantee that. You'll find out who won it around the 15th of November when we shoot the next Amateur Logic. Yeah, so that, yes, we'll be announcing that then, so be sure to tune in. Yep. AmateurLogic.tv slash contest. The next Ham College falls close to Thanksgiving here in the U.S., so... Watch for the postings on when that be because it may 
slide a little bit because of the holiday, yeah. one way or the other. Yeah, they they can vary a little bit. We generally, you could pretty much guess when we'll be shooting live next time, but sometimes we do have to adjust a little bit. So, But it's always pretty close on target, mm-hmm. usually before. Yeah, before generally the Friday the before the end of the month. Yeah. Well, Dean, any... Uh, Anything you want to tell the class here, especially with Halloween coming up? Yeah, just be safe out there. And the uh, main thing, get your get your entry in for the rig buy. Uh, it's a great mm-hmm. device. It is. It is. And, and, I and will, the price is right. Free. I'll just say go engineering. Yeah. However you spell it. However you want to spell yeah. it. Yeah. And roll time. Yep. All right. Even though that's not till the like November the ninth. Yeah. Seven three, everybody. Seven three. Nobody said anything, so I guess they didn't hear what you said just as uh, that was starting up there. That was yeah. funny. If it's if I got it recorded, though, it's definitely going to be a blooper on this one.